Welcome to On The Rise Podcast with your hosts, Sam and Evan. Hello and welcome to On The Rise Podcast. My name is Sam Donsick alongside my co-host, Evan Brown. We're going to start in the NHL today regarding Mitch Marner and his contract and the future, of course, of Mitch Marner. Of course, there's a lot of speculation of if, with, if he is joining the Zurich Lions of the National League in Switzerland. I wanted to get your thoughts on that and what are, uh, yeah, like regarding him possibly going international like a few other players have. I think this is a very strategic move from Darren Ferris. He did the he's done this in the past where he's kind of threatened to go play in a, in over in Europe overseas. Um and I think this is like obviously if Marner I don't think Marner will go through with this plan. I think like this is just kind of a negotiation tactic to kind of 100%, like, yeah, hurry up so, yeah. the Leafs mm-hmm. cuz like say say he did go play for them. He'd be taking a huge pay cut yeah. and he'd be just a dominant player in a league that nobody really knows about and it wouldn't be really fun for him regarding no as well like when you think about it mitch marner is a like he's a really good player in the nhl yeah. and i definitely think that he's gonna stay in in toronto where he yeah. wants to he i think he is gonna get the money that he is because he's he's val- he's worth what he is and the question is when is that time gonna be yeah. are the leafs gonna wait because remember you talked about saying how the Leafs, what they can do the best thing for them to do is wait to the last possible minute to kind of you know to kind of just you know, screw screw over other teams. You know, yeah. say that. Would be. Wait, wait for the last possible. You want to wait until the de- December deadline, like we did with Nylander. But this time, because everybody's waiting for Marner to set set the market for what everybody else is going to be making, just wait until the last possible minute, and then every other team who has been waiting unsmartly to like to see what Marner's going to make, all of that money is just going to be wasted because they don't have enough time to get all their players signed. Yeah, it's an interesting situation where we almost saw a play out in the NBA this past offseason where a certain player waited and waited and kind of played with other teams in regards to just, you know, waiting to sign with his new contract with the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard, which we know very well. So it's an interesting tactic almost from Mitch Marner saying, I'm just going to wait until, you know, just to see how much money I can get out of you guys because maybe, maybe you know, this waiting period for him, he might be able to suck a little bit more out of them. Yeah. And in my personal opinion, I think the NHL has done a really good job in regards to their salary cap because they're one of the only leagues really where players are paid for what they're really worth honestly they're not overpaid and they're not underpaid they're paid what they're worth which is very interesting considering the top contracts only 12 and a half million so yes what more it's, can it's you a, want yeah it's a it's a smart system to have a salary cap the problem is it's so confusing nobody can really understand it yeah they've made it over complicated they need to simple simplify it even more where there's like a luxury tax like yeah. with the nba but the way they're doing it now is smart compared to, uh, compared to other sports like the MLB where they don't really have a salary cap. And it's basically whoever has the whoever has the most money, money, which is re- which we all know is the Yankees, you know, like Boston Dodgers. and stuff like that. Dodgers, you know, the rich teams, really. Yeah. But then in the NHL where you have rich teams like the Maple Leafs, like they don't have a huge, huge advantage over a bunch of other teams. Yeah. There, there may be small advantages like they can go over the cap a bit more. Uh, compared to like the Florida Panthers or Columbus Blue Jackets, right, which yeah. are smaller market teams, but Definitely, still they don't yeah. have a huge advantage. The only advantage like they might have is that they have more like marketing power. Like they can use the media more. Like they can have more advertisements and pay to get like yeah toronto's a big market so when even when you think about mitch marner playing in toronto i think it's a good option because he does get a a great amount of exposure in canada oh yeah yeah like as of course you look at toronto maple leafs yeah you look at the few seasons he's had with the leafs already he's had so many brand deals like he's done for intact insurance he's done like um 
the iPhone commercial with Austin Matthews. Right. He's just he's a lovable face in the Maple Leafs franchise, and everybody yeah, recognizes yeah. him. Yeah, anybody he's, yeah, he's, in, he's in the State Farm commercials as well. I think yeah, yeah, he's in the, yeah, he's yeah. In the State Every, Farm commercials. Everybody yeah. recon, everybody recognizes him. So oh, yeah. he's a popular figure in Toronto sports right now. So right. even if he takes a slight discount to stay with the Maple Leafs, he's what he's gonna he's gonna make up for that in brand deals. Right. Because he's already made like a ton of money mm-hmm. doing just commercial after commercial after commercial. To just be the face of the franchise. And the biggest thing with sports and regarding contracts as well is sometimes players have to take pay cuts for the better of the team, which yeah. some players do. If you're in it for the money, go ahead. Make all the money you want. But yeah. maybe success won't be there. Like there's been other times where players have taken a lot of money and they haven't had the success where they've taken pay cuts and they've done really well based yeah. on other teams. If, if Mitch Marner wants to take a little bit of a pay cut so the, Lape, so the Maple Leafs can pick up another player possibly to yeah. help them out, then I think he should do that. If because Marner, it, it, if it means them going further into playoffs, I would definitely do that as a player. Yeah. I, I'm not just in it for the money. I'm in there to win a Stanley Cup if Marner, and make some good money as well there. Exactly. So. If Marner wanted to be the most loved Maple Leaf ever, he would take a contract for, say, $9 million. Yeah. That leaves the Leafs a bit of cap space to go out and what I think they should do is take, if they get that extra bit of money, go out and re-sign Jake Gardner. Definitely, I think yeah. if you re- re-sign Jake Gardner with the additions of Tyson Berry and Cody Ceci, your defense is easily one of the top, top end uh, defenses in the league. Plus, if you have Marner and everybody else that they have on offense, this team is going to be a solid contender for the Stanley Cup if they, if they, can, both, if they can get both Marner and Gardner. At the same time, if they do get Marner and not Gardner, I still think they have a pretty good chance to go deep into the playoffs as long as we can get past the Bruins. But I think it's going to be interesting to see if uh, what this kind of Marner situation shakes down to. I really hope he stays with the Leafs because he's a very important part of our team. Yeah, definitely. Alrighty, we're going to switch over to the NBA. The Lakers' center options, they are pursuing three players right now, Dwight Howard, Maurice Spites, and Joakim Noah. Who are your Who's the clear favorite over the top three? I would say definitely say would be Dwight Howard. I would also say Dwight Howard, although Maurice Spates, he's a bit on the older side. Uh, but I, I could see them maybe going for him. Dwight Howard is a guy who they know who can play uh, at a high level. Uh, I don't think Joakim Noah is really a high talent for those choices, I think. Joakim Noah is a guy who maybe could get you aboards, maybe get a uh, couple extra points here and there, but he can't shoot. He's not a guy who's gonna uh, like shoot a three. He's not a guy. Have you, have you seen his gem shot? It's like it's like it's like he's projecting it it's, from his chest. Like it's so bad. <laughs> no, Dwight Howard is is my, in my mind. Dwight Howard is the clear favorite. Yeah. He's definitely been bounced around many teams. He's kind of like. He's like I don't know. He's, he's, he's like a hot, he's like a hot before. potato, really. He's like a hot yeah. potato. He's kind of had a little taste of every every different market in in the United States. Yeah. So going to join the Lakers, I think, would be. I don't want to say it's maybe you know a potential big three, but it would be like mm. he's. Well, I don't. I don't think he's a big enough player to kind of. If it's help. if it, it was yeah. if it was prime Dwight Howard, maybe if it was prime Dwight Howard. But right now Dwight Howard's not prime. He's there for the backup center position. Yeah. I think it'd definitely be a good addition to them. I think it'd be the right signing for them to pursue. We've over seen, we've seen how Dwight Howard has played for the Lakers before, and it was not well when he ba- played with Kobe back in the day. No, but I do think this is that would be the best option for them because he's the most uh, most athletic of the three. Right. And I think he has the biggest like they're all older guys. They're all aging players. They're not as mobile as all of them used to be. And but he's the best of the three, though. But he's he's the, he's the best option out of the three. He's besides the most Maurice, and, yeah, compared to Maurice Spites and Joakim Noah. Maurice Spites had a good run with the Warriors when uh, in the past couple seasons, helping them out in the playoffs if they ever needed the extra minutes. 
And Joakim Noah used to be really good for the Bulls, but then he kind of forgot how to shoot and has not really been effective for any team, especially the Knicks. Yeah, so I think definitely, yeah. the Lakers going after Dwight Howard would be the best option because he's the most athletic and he's the he's the guy I think that can help them out the most. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, we're just going to continue on here now. Harden blaming the media for his MVP loss, saying the NBA, the media created a narrative and they picked a, like basically he was saying they pick a winner at the beginning of the year and it's all this narrative, you know, of Giannis being the best. And I really disagree with that because I do too. From even from the season that he had, even if he you know went out and like he he had a really good season offensively, you know, like we know 36. he doesn't six point one points per yeah thirty six point one points per game, you know whatever rebounds and. You know, it doesn't matter because when you look at the season, the, the Rockets overall season and how valuable he was to the team, yes, he did step in. And yes, when Clint Capella went down and Chris Ball went down, that's why he scored that many points because you didn't have offensive distribution. Now, if he was doing that with both those guys in the lineup, then I would say that's a different story. But because you had two player, two key players missing from your lineup and you're scoring that much, it makes up for that offensive difference. It really is yeah. just filling the gap and he's just doing his job. If he was averaging 40 plus points again during that time, then that'd be a different story. So it's just yeah. very interesting how he's blaming the media because it's, yeah. it's really not. Like Giannis had a really good season. They went to the uh, Eastern Conference they Finals. They were number one seed Yeah, the they were the number one seed in the East. He he put together a really solid team with, I'd say, some average players. You could say, you know, Chris, Chris Middleton, Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Lopez some, solid, some solid players, but not a not a Chris Paul or a Clint Capella type level with a talent, I'd say. Yeah. Like, what, would, what are your thoughts there? I would say it's it's not smart what he's doing, blaming the media. I mean, yes, the media can, like, change, twist things to make a, make a better headline. Yeah, definitely, but, yeah. It's there, it's there to create a story, obviously. Yeah. And he could say they're picking favorites, but I don't think that's the case. I think, yes, yes, Harden had a really good season, but he didn't lead his team like Giannis led his team. Giannis led his team to a number one seed, and with some lesser role players than what James Harden had, yeah. he still led his team to... They they went the Bucks went from maybe a middle of the pack Eastern Conference team to immediate contender at number one in the in the East. Oh, in one year it was in it was year, like yeah. it was the flip of the switch. That's all they yeah. did really. And then you take a look at James Harden, where he had Chris Paul and Clint Capella before. They've always been kind of a solid team that's always been there. But they haven't been able to get past the Warriors, which makes exactly. sense. You know, the Warriors are a tough team. The only really exactly. team to take down the Warriors were the 2016 Cavaliers and the 2018 Raptors. So yeah. it's very interesting to see, which I can understand, you know, it's a tough team to beat. But when yeah. you look at how much wins, how successful he has been in last year when he won MVP, they had yeah. 60, was it 60 plus wins around there? Yeah. It was like plus there. That makes sense. You know, number one seed in the West, really yeah. good team. Finally, that makes sense. He took down the Warriors. Yeah, really just really had a good season, but this year it wasn't as good. And because of those injuries, you know, I think he kind of overplayed it with his, you know, I average, you know, he averaged like, yeah. th what, it was like 30, 32 straight games. He averaged 30 points per game. Yeah. And he's like, it was a really good year, but it was more of an offensive player of the year award, not an MVP award in my yeah. mind, really. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like what he did last year. It wasn't like a Westbrook triple-double type season. And it wasn't no. like what Giannis did for his team this year. Giannis took the team on his back and improved his jump shot a lot. And he just started to dominate the, the Eastern Conference. He did what like his athletic, athletic ability could allow him to do. Now, the Eastern Conference was... It was it was pretty solid, I'd say. There'd be obviously the top three teams were the Bucks. 
Bucks, the Raptors, and of course the 76ers would be the top three the last Celtics year. Celtics close too, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Celtics were there, but you know, the whole Boston drama, they just weren't yeah. really gelling compared completely as a full unit. So I didn't really buy that whole, you know, play. The Pacers were there as well, you know. Before well. Oladipo went yeah, down. Yeah, before Oladipo went down, they were definitely a considerable uh, option to go deep into the playoffs, but that was very sad that what happened there. So it's very interesting regarding these comments about how he blames the media for this MVP yeah. loss based on the season that they had. He shouldn't he shouldn't be placing blame on the media in that sense. He should if he he shouldn't be placing blame at all. Like he had a really good season and he just fell short in the playoffs. Yeah. But just there was no reason. There was no reason to go at the media for No, him like I understand. Yeah, he he did fall short in the playoffs, but remember like MVP is a regular season award. And yeah. definitely as much as he amount of points he scored, I wouldn't say that he's an MVP. He can win he can win offensive player of the year. That's the word yeah. I would have given him. Yeah. Offensive player of the year, he scored a lot of points. He did really well as an offensive player, but MVP, there's also yeah. the defensive side. We all yeah. know James Harden James doesn't really play a lot of defense. He's not known for his defense. Giannis really stepped up on the defensive side this yeah. year as well, helping yeah. out the Bucs, he, which he's, is very He's a two-way player. He's like a Kawhi Leonard who has that MVP, MVP possibility as well. He's a two-way player who can get you really good stops on defense, but also run down the floor and dunk it or shoot it or whatever to get a lot of points for your team fast break-wise. Yeah, definitely. And already now it's, uh, and I think it's very interesting because when you, when you look at it, because really like the media can also twist things as well. Like I do, I do agree with some point where, where the media does create a narrative and we'll talk about later with Baker Mayfield and his comments towards Daniel Jones as well that we're just going to talk about a few minutes. But when you look at the media can twist the narrative, twist the story anyway, it can flip it upside down. You could say one thing and the media could post it out with a story and another thing because You just said it to them. You gave them words, and they can twist your words. They can yeah. they can do anything with you. They can pull and twist. And, and knows, I understand that where yeah. he's saying that, but I think the whole thing about how they pick a winner at the beginning of the year isn't yeah. really true yeah. in my mind. And really. we don't know if these are his exact comments or no. If the it's media not exactly. Yeah, too. Right. Yeah. Like, you never know. Really. We we don't know exactly his exact words. We weren't sitting there interviewing him. What are your yeah, like? Why exactly. did you lose? What are your thoughts on losing MVP? You know. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Already now we're gonna switch over to the NFL. Baker Mayfield's just talking about the common swords. Daniel Jones saying that he was shocked that he went early, uh, that they used the sixth overall pick on him. And also, he also noted saying himself that he was shocked early he went. And something that we can talk about how he said to the media is that he said that his, his words were twisted himself and saying that, well, he didn't mean it that way. He meant more himself. Is like He also was noted saying that he, he himself was shocked by how early he went, yeah. and I was shocked when he went early. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how the media can twist things yeah. based on for their own stories. And like when you, yeah. when, you, when you work for a company, you might have to do that. You might be working yeah. there one day, like I might be working your own five, ten years, and I'm working for a company, and they're going, okay, we need to kind of twist this a little we bit. We need to a story. Create a, create a story. Yeah. And you might have to do that because yeah. you're told to do that. So it's very interesting in regards to how the media manipulates like the fans and stuff like that of how comments yeah. get out because now comments you know go after Baker Mayfield or go after you know yeah. certain players you know go after Harden yeah. whatever for these things yeah. these comments that maybe not make his because they yeah. aren't just sitting there yeah. interviewing him they aren't exactly. doing that so I just want to get your yeah, thoughts and you take on a look well. at a guy like Baker Mayfield who's a popular guy in the media right now mm-hmm. he's he's the next up and coming quarterback in the NFL is what they're right. saying so there's a lot of there's a big spotlight on him right now so anything that he says it can be they, they just try to create a bigger story out of a big name player right now yeah that's what they're trying to do it's like mm-hmm. they take something so small 
and just twist it on its end to make it seem like it's this big story and big scandal when nothing's really happening. Right, like that's why we're talking about it because the media has twisted it. And like if if the media didn't if he didn't say anything, if he just said, "Yeah, you know, I was surprised with you know the shock that, with the pick that they took. It was their decision. You know, that's the way." They did it. And they put it out like that. Then maybe that's all we that's all we do. It's maybe a day old story and that's it. We don't really cover. It. But because of this drama, like of how yeah. the media manipulates him for him to fight back about it, which is very interesting as well because it's good for people to fight back saying, "Hey, you know what? That's not what I." said yeah. i want to get this i want to get the record straight so i'm not a, i'm not a hated player in the nfl or i don't get hate you know i don't because you know a lot of yeah. players do that they 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 get manipulated by the media and then they end up getting backlash from it as well exactly baker mayfield what he's doing is he's standing up for himself yeah he's going i didn't say those comments that's like i wasn't trying to sound rude in any way no he was just trying to be honest like maybe yeah. that was just his honest opinion and yeah. maybe that's just what it is like it's, it's always interesting how it can happen with comments and different players where something where something like his comments towards Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones has been doing really well as well. Like yes. if you look if you look at compared to Kyler Murray as well, who was the first overall pick, he hasn't been doing as well as Baker Mayfield has, which you really think about. It's very interesting. So yeah, and Baker May what Baker Mayfield said is that it's like really hard to win with young quarterbacks. You don't 100%, know. Yeah, you don't know what you're gonna get like really yeah. out of the like, yeah. out of a rookie quarterback. Like when you yeah. draft a rookie quarterback, yeah, you're taking a chance really. Yeah, and he's saying how like when he when Baker Mayfield was the number overall pick he was even surprised that somebody would uh, yeah, take a quarterback would... that high right and then uh, with kyler murray going number one and daniel jones going number six those are all really high picks for quarterbacks and yeah the giants are a team that are looking to win right now they want to get back in the win column they've had some pretty lackluster they've, seasons they've had some tough seasons with eli manning and we can also talk about as well the comments about um who is it the uh, owner of the giants or yeah it was owner of the giants saying that uh, eli manning is going to start week one as yeah. possibly yeah. over daniel jones which is fine which i find is interesting because I know it's preseason. I know it's Daniel Jones. You know he's he's, he's faced a lot of backlash, but he's perform if he if he is performing in preseason, put Eli Manning there. See what he's doing in preseason. Yeah. Because if he's not performing, you got a different week one started then, yeah. which I think is very interesting. Because even if you're going to start the week one started Eli Manning for like three games and say yeah. he goes one and two, well, yeah. there's two losses you could have had possibly. Not saying you might have, but you possibly could have gone two and one with Daniel Jones. Not saying it exactly, is, but it's it's, a, it's the possibility. It's you have to play the yes, chances. You have, yes, you have Eli Manning, who's an experienced quarterback, but. At some point, somebody's like a quarterback's going to reach an age where they can't perform like they used to, and that's where you have to put in your rookie quarterback or your young quarterback that's going to change up the, like what the face of the franchise is. And, like, and we've seen that a while. Like when remember when remember when uh, the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes? He he played a year behind Alex Smith. Alex Smith got traded. Yep. Who was the Pat Patrick Mahomes went in played really well for the past two. Now seasons. he's one of the best quarterbacks. Yeah, now he's one of the best quarterbacks. He was on the Madden cover this past year. I don't know if the Madden curse will hit him this year. Hopefully or not. Hopefully not, <laughs> because it's going to be a really interesting year. So you can tell the league is moving to a younger quarterbacks, like younger quarterbacks, yeah. even where there's a lot of older quarterbacks who are doing the only really old quarterback who's still doing really well is Tom Brady. Yeah. But other than that, there's a lot of old quarterbacks who are kind of reaching the end falling of the rope, off, yeah. falling off, and they're ben going for a, it's Aaron a new Rogers. it's a birth of a new era, I'd say, for yeah. quarterbacks this year, where quarter where this these next two years are I'd say next three or four years where there's going to be a number of quarterbacks entering the league as rookie quarterbacks and we're going to have a lot, of, a lot of young talent going off which is going to be yeah. very very exciting for the NFL which I think is interesting. Yeah. It, there's a lot of more athleticism with these quarterbacks as well like mm -hmm. you because they're younger. Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. They are really athletic. They can run the ball themselves a lot of the time, right? Like you yeah, don't definitely. see that with a lot a lot of the like older quarterbacks. Well, cuz yeah, a lot of the older quarterbacks are as you could say they're in the pocket. They're pocket passers. Yeah. The only mobile quarterback who I see is Russell Wilson who's in his Russell prime Wilson, yeah. who's definitely 
definitely been an excellent player over the past six or seven, like seven seasons for yeah. the Seattle Seahawks. I think it was that for sure. past seven seasons. I think they've made the playoffs six or seven, six times. I think yeah. in the past seven years. So it's it's a very exciting time. I think for quarterbacks in regarding the NFL in that time period, yeah. which is very interesting. And another thing is like it really is tough to like in any draft. Like if when you're drafting a player at a high pick. You, you can never be certain of what they're going to turn out to be. There's always that risk of a bust, right? Yeah, like you, you, you never know. You can only watch so much tape and hear yeah. so much from the scouts. If the, if the player just doesn't perform, yeah. well, too bad. That's exactly. It. Like it's, you can it's look, like, at, what you it can is, look yeah. at like number one picks all the time in any sport. There could be number one picks that just flop. And then you have the guys who are drafted in the late rounds who just have an ama- go on to have an amazing career, right? Like Tom Brady. <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. You never know what can happen. That's that's the beauty of sports. You never know what can happen. Anything can happen. So it's tough when you're trying to draft because some guy could like one of your high picks could get injured or one of your low picks could turn into the next greatest player, right? Like it's tough to tell when you're drafting, and that's kind of what Baker Mayfield was t- uh, touching on. Is like. It's tough to like draft quarterbacks at high picks because you don't know if they're going to be one of the best or if you missed out on like one really good receiver or running back or defensive player right. because you wanted to pick a quarter a young quarterback. Yeah, definitely. And interesting, I'd say no with this year was DK Metcalf who went later in the gra- later in the draft than was expected. Yeah. And he's turned out to be a pretty solid talent in Seattle with Russell yeah. Wilson. I think that's going to be a good addition yeah. for them. So a lot of teams are going to wonder, why didn't we pick him? And they're going to th- sit there wondering, well, we picked this person over this person and maybe it didn't work out as well, which, yeah. which I find is very interesting. So Yeah. Alrighty, we're moving over into continuing with the NFL, but Antonio Brown's still on the news. He trolled Pittsburgh with this tweet saying, My ex still thinks of me. This is regarding HBO announcing that Wednesday, the viewership for the third episode of Hard Knocks, and it was revealed that uh, the ratings in Pittsburgh more than tripled the national average. This was an article from the store, from the score, which I think is interesting because he just tweeted out, Oh, my ex still thinks of me because a lot of people in Pittsburgh are still watching. Yeah. Well, I think they just, I don't know, maybe it's just a lot of people in Pittsburgh maybe aren't Pittsburgh fans, or maybe they're Antonio, Antonio Brown fans, and they yeah. want to see Antonio Brown see what he's doing in Oakland, yeah. uh, which I think is very interesting because it's like, he, he's just playing on, It's he's just creating all this drama, and I think that he's just trying yeah. to keep his name relevant because he isn't performing yeah. on the field. Exactly. He isn't on the field, so he's all staying off the field, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go on Twitter today, yeah. I'm going to start tweeting, because he hasn't been really on the field, like, he had a practice, yeah. like, he was at practice, like, what, yesterday, or, like, yeah. I don't know, if he what he's trying that. to do is still stay, like, keep the news about buzz about him going, yeah. like, where he had it's that working. Day, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's working, because that's all, the, like, he's getting all the attention right now, mm-hmm. he had his second grievance, uh, right. that he, he had filed, his, we had, he had his first grievance, then he had his second grievance, and then he had these comments about, you know, my ex still thinks yeah. about me, as a joke, he's, you know, he's trying to stay relevant in the media when the media is trying to move on from him yeah he's, he's just he's just reaching for attention that's all ever ever since he's come into the nfl and started playing well um he's really just been an attention hog he's he's wanted all the media to be about him when he was with the steelers and now with the raiders right and it's really i don't know it's it's tough to tell because he, he just wants to stay relevant yeah, right? like that, like, that's what he's hoping, I think, because, like, no, don't get me wrong, though. Antonio Brown has been a very good receiver the past yes. seven seasons. Yes. He's been very, like, he's, what, over 100 and something receptions and 1,000, yeah. like, 1,200 receiving yards for the past seven, six or seven seasons. Yeah. He's done really well. But this past year, when you think about really the struggles that Pittsburgh had yeah. on, like, with in regards to making the playoffs, a deep playoff run, and then, you know, joining Oakland, yeah. and creating all this drama where almost he's kind of, 
like reaching on the end of his rope and kind of saying, yeah, you know what? I'm still in the NFL. Like I'm yeah. still relevant. But if you want to be relevant, go out there, practice, make a play cool well. Couch. I don't know. Play like, well. Like, yeah. Like you can see OB, o- Odell Beckham Jr. is making headlines because he's making cool catches and cool catches in practice yeah. because he's out there practicing. Why aren't you practicing yeah. over a, like over a helmet grievance, you know, which I think is very interesting, you know, because he's still just wanting to stay relevant. Yeah. OBJ is relevant because he makes incredible catches every week. Yeah. He's in the media because of his play. He's one of the best best players in the NFL right now. But you look at Antonio Brown, he has the potential to be like that, yeah. but he just wants to stay in the media in other ways. Now, yeah, like and um with Odell Beckham Jr., remember the past few seasons, like before I think I think before like a couple seasons ago with Odell Beckham Jr., he was a bit of a he was like Antonio Brown. He really wanted to be all about the drama. But then he got yeah. straight and now he said, No, you know what? I'm just gonna go out there and play yeah. and they're gonna like me because I'm exactly. gonna make cool couches. That's the decision where he said that's the right choice to make career choice. He said, you know what, I don't I don't need to create all this fake drama or drama about me where I can rather just go out and play and I can yeah. do that, which is the better option to do. Yeah. And like the Giants haven't had the greatest seasons when OBJ was with the Giants, and we don't know. We'll see what happens with the Browns. I think he'll have a good season there. But it's gonna be interesting with Baker Mayfield as yeah. well, how well the young pairing is gonna do. I think they're yeah. gonna do fairly well. Yeah. I would say at least eight I'd say nine or ten wins possibly. I'd, I'd say they're a middle of the pack team. Yeah, middle of the pack team. But yeah. it's like OBJ was the reason the Giants stayed relevant in the media when he was with them. He was the reason people watched Giants games. It was because, oh, what's OBJ going to do next? What kind of a crazy catch is he going to pull off next? Mm-hmm. Whereas when An- Antonio Brown was with the Steelers, a lot of like, and the reason that they're getting more ratings is because he's created so much drama and he's created so much like kind of relevancy for himself because of this drama that everybody wants to see what he's what ridiculous thing is going to happen next right no yeah definitely and i think that sometimes when players do this i get annoyed by this i'm like yeah. why, why aren't you just you know go out there and play on the field and you know yeah. make some cool like, play your you know, game. maybe you don't have to be like odell beckham jr make cool catches but just go out there and play put up points like yeah, yeah put up points like kind of like you know what i'm saying like just kind of like be quiet but like i don't like we don't need to hear every day about antonio brown reading no. in the news yeah. he did this he did that he did this you know he yeah. filed this second grievance with the nfl he's you know yeah. i think it's very interesting i think the nfl is handling it i don't know like the way that the, hand- the nfl is handling saying and i think it's the right way to do it because they're getting this they're, the reason why they're getting this new helmet is to improve their safety yeah because the nfl as we know has been given has been uh, known concussion to give after like concussion, after concussion, concussion. With ct which is like chronic something or that yeah. i can't exa- it's a long word but ct <laughs> is the shorter of your brain go- you end up going crazy you know 10 years after going football and antonio brown's like you know what i guess i'm fine with that but you yeah. know the nfl's like you know what we can't have we can't yeah. keep doing this or else someone's gonna sue us and yeah. that's why they're making this new move and yeah. you know they're they're he was the only player i would say really who's still having a problem about this yeah. compared to i don't know how many like there's Talk- 200 200 Plus, like, I don't know, there's 2,000 plus NFL. I think somebody said there was, like, 30 roughly players who wore the helmet that was banned. Yeah. And, like, like Tom Brady wore it, and yeah. he won a bunch of championships. He had one comment on it, but didn't say anything else. No. He's, he's been fine with it. But yeah. But Antonio Brown's the only one that's really been the attention hog because he wants to wear a helmet. Like, he yeah. wants to wear his helmet. Like. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be about that. It should be about safety rather than ability, right? Like. Yeah, and maybe, maybe, maybe the com- maybe the helmet's not comfortable for him. You know, maybe, maybe we don't know the full story. But I feel like, if, based on what we're seeing from the media, we're seeing that he just doesn't like the helmet because of these certain reasons. You know, blah blah blah. He can't. And it's, apparently, apparently, it's because he, it like blocks some of his vision when it blocks him his vision. Like you could have got a bigger visor. You know, yeah. like whatever it is. Exactly. Like work with it. I think that. But don't be like I can't see the ball as well. Like maybe that's yeah. not. Maybe that's not the helmets. You know, block. 
blocking your vision. Maybe it's just yeah. you need to get your eyes checked. I don't know what it uh, is, but it's you just... need. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's all about finding a right helmet. Like he can test other helmets. Like one, like the helmet that he's been moved to. Maybe it does block his vision, and maybe yeah. the other one was better. Then change, like find a better helmet that you're allowed to wear. Right. Yeah. Like find it, or even like have somebody make you a helmet. Yeah. That is regulation, like for the NFL. Yeah, they they can see that. Like, talk to the yeah. NFL. Talk to say, hey, like this is the helmet I want. This is the like this this is what I need yeah. out of a helmet. And like, let's work through it. Yeah, don't just be like just stand there and pout like waiting for a new helmet. Exactly. To come out. Like it's exactly. It's, just, it's just not gonna work. Find other ways to not create drama, right? Like just quietly handle it by yourself. Don't go out and purposefully try to like create drama around yourself because of helmet right like yeah definitely. you don't see this in any other sport where somebody complains about the equipment this much no it's just because he wants to stay relevant in the media it's 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 terrible really like he shouldn't he shouldn't have to like stay this relevant in the media this has been episode three of on the rise podcast with your host sam and evan be sure to check us out on instagram at rise podcast and tune in next week for more great sports content